hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Beauty and the Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last couple of weeks, we are Alina and Maddie, aka The Beauty and the Brain, and we are here to bring Botox and Bravo to the table for your next dinner party. Think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So cheers to another fucking week. Am I right? <laughs> what a week it's been, Maddie. <laughs> what a week. What a fucking week. Ben, um, so is that a margarita or is that a mule? I know it you love is those. A mule. It will always be a mule. Always. Interesting. I don't know if I'm into mules. You know, I have realized in my older age that um, you know, hangovers aren't fun. And uh, it has taken me years of testing various recipes, but I think I've got like a good mix now where the quality of the ginger beer really helps alleviate the potential of a hangover. So I'm having a fucking grand time. I could like kick back five of these and I'll be good tomorrow. A little slow, but still good. (laughs) The best is when you texted me and it was like 11 a.m. and you were like sitting in a meeting. What am I drinking? Is it coffee or is it a Moscow mule? I guess we'll never, we'll never know. Will we? Um, Fucking somewhere. Don't play me. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Um, So what is your preferred ginger beer of choice? That is such a good question. I feel like I am so basic that I just like go into a Whole Foods and try like the the snazzier ones. Um, what's the one called? Where it's Fever like Tree. A, yes, that one, Fever Tree. And then there's another one too um, that I really like. And I feel like I only get it from Berkeley Bowl, which is this like bougie, like grocery store probably at the same tier as Whole Foods. Um, clearly, I just like to spend money. That's my problem. <laughs> at least yeah, let me just buy the most expensive thing. I don't give a fuck. That's good. Fine. At least you're, <laughs> it's being consumed. It's not It's not dying in vain, like mm-hmm. all of my money, which is going to, uh, to this house. Uh, but anyway. Um, you are like the poster child for like- Why you shouldn't buy a house. Exactly. Yeah. Like we have to do an episode on like real estate or just first time home buying or something like that. Because let me just tell you, I feel like I've been the guinea pig for the rest of our generation. Um, And today, you know, today's been a fun one. That's why I brought the entire bottle of wine with me to this session. So if I'm slurring by the end, apologies, everyone. Uh, It's been a rough week over here. Or no apologies. uh, Fuck it. Live your best life. (laughs) Um, Damn. I I literally have the vodka and the rest of my ginger beer just waiting over there casually for me with like a half slice of lime. Love it. Just chilling. Oh, you've already pre-cut the lime. That is Mm -hmm. some classy shit. Is it classy or is it like classy? Trashy. Uh I'm just preparing myself. I, I was like, I'll be efficient. I have the knife out now. Might as well just dice it and slice it at just the moment. Prep. Just, 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 just like accept it's going to happen. <laughs> Move on. Uh, Move by the on. way, I don't know if you've noticed, but this chair that I'm sitting in, I, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but my husband decided that he was going to purchase a gamer chair under the guise of, I need a new office chair. So if I look crazy, it's because it's actually quite comfortable. I'm not going to lie. Like I've got some great posture going on right now. I'm not slumped over. Like I usually am at the breakfast nook. Um, (laughs) but that's why I'm sitting on this thing that looks like it's a throne. Um, I fucking love it. I mean, it kind of looks like a little bit like a starfish behind you, like half of a starfish behind you, but it's kind of cool. I like it. It's in your shape. Um, oh, I didn't tell you, I started my first, uh, session for uh, laser hair removal. <gasps> yeah, I know. Wait, um, yeah. just now. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know a lot of people every time oh, wow. they're just like, how, like you're doing this now. I feel so out of date. Um, maybe you're like just not as hairy as the rest of us. I literally, I'm not kidding. I started laser no. hair removal when I was like 16, I like worked for laser hair removal and that's when it used to be really expensive. Um, that's mm. where all of my money went. So when people are like, Oh, why don't you have savings from, you know, your after school job? And I'm like, well, 
because I was busy. Now you know. <laughs> now you know. I was busy getting my fucking cooch lasered, you know? So anyway, tell us, where, where how did it go? Um, you Details. know, it, it went well. Uh, like I can be a little bitch when it comes to pain sometimes. So I feel like I hyped myself up. And then when I got in there, it was, it was totally easy, seamless. Um, I think the one thing that really sucks ass about it is how itchy you are afterwards. Jesus Christ. Cause you're so dry. Cause it like so sucks the dry, uh, the dry. moisture, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And I also one of, I guess, the terrible side effects. Um, I'm one of the unlucky participants. Um, I have all of these like bumps on my skin and it just like, it's so irritating. Um, but I think they'll go away like in a few more days. It's fine, but it just sucks. I'm just like, it will go away. pay all of this money to be disfigured? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Drama so. queen. <laughs> uh, excuse <laughs> me for like not being well-versed in this fucking world. Okay. Well, I got you. I got you. Just moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. You'll be fine. Mm. Throw some aquifer on it or something. But I'm so excited for your results. Yeah, I, we'll see. We'll, we'll I was see actually just goes. thinking I need to make an appointment to get some filler because my lips are deflating by the moment. Um, I, know, I can't wait till it. you're part of this world. <laughs> the filler world. Jesus filler Christ. world and Botox. You don't need it though. Um, I feel like I am starting to, to potentially need it. What is it preventative? A lot of people are doing it young for preventative purposes. Why not? Maybe we'll do an episode where like I go try it out and then report back on my experience. Love that. Love that. But Botox is fine. You, you'll fall in love with it. <laughs> so here's the thing. I started it thinking it was like preventative. And then I guess I realized... Either I aged really quickly from the time I started doing Botox, which is like two years ago, two and a half years ago. No, actually three years ago, excuse me. Um, So I've either aged a shit ton or I just like got so used to seeing myself without wrinkles on my forehead. But let me tell you, I love it. And I think everybody should do it, whether it's preventative or otherwise. Or otherwise, it's going to be a better version of yourself. Um, I like but, it. I'm here for it. Um, okay. Anyway, so excited. yeah. Well, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep y'all posted. Um, so you know, now that we've uh, chit chatted, I was wondering if we could uh, start on our my favorite basic bitch quickies. BBQs. BBQs. So for those of you who may be uh, joining us for the first time um, or may have like skipped forward and don't know what our BBQs are, uh, you know, it's where we do a lightning round of top headlines from the week. We give a quick top mind thoughts about it. Um, so I've pulled a few and we're going to go ahead and jump into it. So let's do it. First article. Britney Spears and Sam Asghari engaged. I mean, I feel like Britney is having such a moment right now, like conservatorship possibly being lifted. Dad is maybe out of her life. Everybody seems to be supporting her. The free Britney movement is doing its thing. Um, And now she's engaged and the ring is like it's beautiful and it's enormous. Good for you, Sam Asghari. I'm mm-hmm. so happy. I'm so happy for her. But I there freaked was- out after, sorry, one second. After she, um, she took a hiatus from Instagram. I was like, oh, what happened? Was it a sham? Oh my God. Sorry. I saw that too. No, no, no. Why are you apologizing? It's the whole point of um, these things supposed to jump in and give our thoughts. Um, so I thought it was interesting that after the engagement happened, apparently everyone jumped in. Well, it started off with Octavia Spencer. I really like her as an actor. Um, She basically said, oh, make sure you get a prenup. And supposedly it was a joke. And then everyone jumped in and was like, yeah, protect yourself, protect your assets, get a prenup, blah, blah, blah. And Sam, I guess he was like very like joking about it. And he was like, yeah, of course we'll get a, you know, a a prenup. I got to protect my shoe brand. And I thought that was like very lighthearted and kind of fun of him to do. Uh, but already people are like up in her fucking business about it. So I wonder if that's the reason why she took a hiatus. Probably. I mean, I don't, and, and, and if so good for her for like having the wherewithal to do that. Um, because I mean, that's exhausting and fuck off, like get a prenup. Like, ugh. why does everybody think that it's their business? I'm just so tired of drama. I'm so tired of everyone just 
stick in their fucking faces where it doesn't belong. And you know what? I hope to God that she does it for her own benefit, but also if she chooses not to, like, yeah, what's on her, you know? Yeah, there's a part of me that feels like there's a percentage of people who are saying this to help protect her, given what she's gone through with her dad and the conservatorship. So I can understand why people are being like, hey, like, you know, like get a prenup sounds like a good idea to protect yourself. Um, just because she, she's, as we all know, she's kind of gone through the ringer over the past however many years. I mean, like 12 yeah. Although I wonder if she's on this, like, I want to be my own person and make my own decisions to a point where she might be like, hey, fuck you all. You want me to do X? I'm going to go ahead and do Y. Oh, that's a possibility. Like a rebellious teenager type thing. Yeah. Um, but I totally see it. But yeah, I feel like there's been three minutes, um, but so happy. You know, Brittany, Sam go did a great job in the boobies. ring. You yeah. get married. You do your thing. Very, very, very happy for her. Yeah. Okay. Next headline. Um, this one was just, it made me feel all the feelings. I laughed so hard. Uh, Scott Disick and Amelia Hamlin officially break up after 11 months together. I mean, what the fuck did we think was going to happen? She like, uh, I'm so sorry. I feel bad, but saying that, but <laughs> is anybody surprised? I don't think anyone is surprised. What I thought was really funny is that this happened immediately after his whole DM thing with Eunice, that Eunice like Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I 100% supposedly sources said that she was like, what the fuck? Like it was a clear indication that he isn't over um, our girl, Courtney. I mean, I don't Um, mean to be a bitch or anything, but like if you needed a fucking public DM outing to, to know that, she really yeah. is a little more immature and, or rather like she is 19, you know, yeah. like if, if, if you didn't want to see that, like I think the rest of us did. How much can a guy give you and be there for you and how vulnerable and how safe can you feel with a dude who, whose emotions are still tied to his baby mama, who he has three kids with and he has three kids too, you know, like yeah. it's, it's a lot. And I feel like when you're young, you're, at least I can speak for myself. Like you do a lot to appease the person that you're with as a significant other. Um, and it isn't until you're older that you realize like, wait, no, like I can't just be living my life for you and appeasing you. Like I have my own needs as well. Um, I think that's why Scott probably likes him a little younger because he can kind of make them feel like, oh, this is a norm in a relationship, you know, when in actuality it's not. And I'm happy for Amelia that she, you know, kind of came to that conclusion after seeing all this shit pop off. It's my two cents. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if you look at it from that respect, like good for her, mm-hmm. good for her for being that mature, um, which is so contradictory to what I just said, but um, I don't want to know why he's interested in 12 year olds, but I think it's so creepy. I think I'm very happy for her to get out. And I hope, I hope that she like recognizes maybe, what she deserved or didn't deserve in the situation. I also feel sorry for Scott because I personally think he's so fucked. He is Mm -hmm. never going to be able, I don't think he's going to be able to find happiness because A, he goes for children, but B, um, B, I I think A, because the fact he's, he's in love with Courtney, but I also feel that their, their arrangement probably doesn't work for 90% of the population, like traveling together, you know, him still being best friends with my family. And don't get me wrong. I understand why, right? Like they are his family. And I think that that's beautiful, but I think that I would struggle with that. I do. I think like, I don't care how much I I love you that, that it's too close for comfort at a certain point. But the interesting thing though, is I feel like Courtney has been able to set up healthy boundaries. I think that's Mm -hmm. the difference. Is like Courtney I think that's is the only like, reason why. But like it's wild to me, I think because Scott is still so in love with her that it's he will never be able to set those healthy boundaries and he will always prioritize her because he thinks that there's still a chance. Oh, well, there was that whole thing in the last season, in the last episode, right? Like mm-hmm. he wants to be with her. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, he's just done whatever he's done over the years to make her, I think, I, I don't think she actually has an interest in being with him anymore. 
Um, but yeah, I agree. I think, I think she has done an incredible job of being able to maintain this kind of situation. That being said, I also feel like it's kind of normal in that family, right. To like still somehow maintain a civil and relationship with your baby mama or baby daddy rather. Um, yeah. Cause they even if they've that. done you wrong, right. Mm-hmm. Like Chris and Ra- uh, Robert, uh, Kim and Kanye, was he at the Met ball with her? We'll never know. Um, Oh no, no, they said it wasn't him. Um, but even like Chloe and Tristan, like I don't know if she literally Chloe and Lamar are still on good terms, even though they like don't have a kid together. But yeah. But like even like Kylie being pregnant with Travis's baby, like we thought they were broken up and now they're pregnant again. Like, I don't know. I guess I just feel like that is probably a lot more normal for them than it is for the rest of the fucking world. Yeah. So feel bad for him. Cause I, I don't think I could be okay with it. So. Oh, I agree. And I, I don't think many people would. It would take a very special woman to be okay mm-hmm. with that. But And I hope he finds her. You know what? Good luck to the both of them. Um, I am pretty sure Lisa Rinna is so excited that Amelia broke up. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what she has to say about it. I, I saw that there was an article where she like kind of commented and was pretty, pretty snarky about it, but... She's, her and Harry are probably like partying. She's dancing on tables or something. I mean, um, she was so very vocal about how upset she was about them being in a relationship. But she, I, I feel like she was doing like a good mom job of being like, I clearly don't agree with this, but like, I'm going to let you live your life and do what you want to do. Yes. Um, which I respect. Totally. Totally. Okay. Um, okay. The what's last next? article? Also, oh, we got to implement our timer. <laughs> I feel like t- with today's episode, I don't feel like we're going to go too, too long. So that's why I'm kind of letting us like free, free right, form right. it today. Okay. Um, okay. So next one, okay. as you know, we both love the fucking bachelor. So Duh. Piper James doesn't have any regrets after bachelor in paradise drama. It is what it is. So what do you think that like, what was the end game? Was the end game let us go on television again and hopefully get more followers? Was the end game we potentially want to get engaged so we want the Bachelor franchise to pay for our ring? Like, what the fuck do you think they were trying to achieve? I mean, you know what my two cents are about this whole franchise is that there's always an end game or some sort of initiative of or our ulterior motive of essentially getting some form of fame, right? Whether it be influencers, uh, being influencers or like your business, getting like press for your business, et cetera, et cetera. I think in this case, they were like, they signed up for the show. They probably started dating. They really liked each other. They didn't make things official, but they essentially agreed that they would wait for each other at the resort or whatever the place is that they stay at in Mexico, which to me is, I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but because I know that the main (laughs) narrative is that people are really pissed at Brendan and Piper in my mind, because I know that the entire thing is a fucking game. I actually love that they were very upfront with it and I wasn't mad personally. Because I know it's a fucking game, and I know a lot of these people are doing it behind scenes and to actually see it being public and the fact that they were like, well, all of this incriminating shit is coming out. So I might as well be honest about it at some point in the show. And I was like, okay, I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, good for them for being honest and just coming clean about it. But I, I guess I just feel like this is so much effort to go through for little gain and also no offense in, in like the the time of cancel culture i'd be really fucking scared to like do something that i guess polarizing will say is it mm. like the end of the world are they bad people absolutely not but mm. um i think i mean i think it's shitty what he did to to natasha and that should that would be shitty if it was or wasn't on bachelor in paradise right um but i think with natasha though like from what I got out of the show, it sounded like he and her had an honest conversation where they were not developing romantic feelings for each other, but she was still spending all of her time with him. So for me, that also seems a little like off too. Um, so there's a part of me that's like, well, did he lead her on? Did he not? Did he, he also told Piper that like, he wasn't, you know, that he essentially had to play the game and that they weren't official before coming on. And so he needed to, you know, date and see other people. 
So there's just a part of me of like, this is part of the game. Like when you sign up for the show, you know that this is a possibility, right? Like that's part of the whole drama that lends to people watching. Um, so for me, like I was kind of here for it, not going to lie. Well, I get that, but I also feel like there are obviously and rightfully so people who actually think that it's going to mm-hmm. work. Trust yeah. the process, right? Trust the process. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have that many opinions about it. I think if you think that it doesn't happen, like shame on you. Yeah. Um, I also can see why it's shitty for people. And I, oh, and I would not want to be made to look stupid if I were on the show. So, so yeah. So two yeah. things. I think it was really shitty that they were taking up spots, but them leaving doesn't open up spots on the beach. So like that argument is mute because that was one of the arguments that was brought up by some of the girls who knew that they were going to get kicked off. Um, So there's that. And then secondly, the beautiful thing is, is Wells on the show actually gave a roast to Natasha. I love him. Wait, you think Uh, that? Is that like a special thing that they pulled out of their asses? Pretty sure the producers pulled it out of their ass because they were like, oh, poor Natasha. We'll do this so that like everyone will love us for creating this second opportunity for love for you. Um, So she's still on. That's kind of stupid. Like at least get someone single to do it. Like the guy's fucking engaged to... uh, why can't I think of her name right now? Sarah Humphrey? Modern no. Family. Yeah, what right. is her name? I, anyway. Don't ask me. I don't um, remember my name most days. The fuck are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I see both sides of it. I think it's stupid that it was blown up into this whole thing where other Bachelor franchisees had to like, make a whole public statement about it. And like, mm. I don't think they deserve to be canceled. That's fucking stupid. There's other it'll, shit. it'll die down. It'll die down. Yeah, I don't think be it's fine. a big deal. Yeah. That'll be fine. Piper, you'll still be sponsored by Teamy. Don't worry <laughs> about it. And sugar bear hair care. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much about your, your status as an influencer. So um, now that we've gone over that, I would love to know what we're covering this okay. week. All right. So, this week, clickbait, uh, like our newest Netflix obsession. I think it's been number one for like two or three weeks now on the Netflix recently watched or top in the US or whatever list. Please tell me you have watched this show because I'm not kidding. You know, my bedtime is like 11 o'clock on a good night. Um, sometimes it's earlier. Um, I stayed up until like one o'clock in the morning and we watched it in like 28 hours in this household. Yeah. I mean, I remember you texting me at like 12 and I was like, the fuck? I was like, this is like way past her bedtime home girl. Who stole her phone? Who stole her phone? Where is she? <laughs> That's not her. I was like, wait, let me like figure out like, where's my iPhone? Like, where's Alina at? Um, yeah. I mean, I did watch it, but like I had so many thoughts and I'm still trying to decipher mm-hmm. through them. Like I like some elements I really loved about the show, like what they did with it. Um, but there are other things that I didn't really like. Agreed. Okay. So before we kind of get into that, for those of you who have a life and don't go to bed at 10.30 or 11, um, and your life does not involve sitting on your couch for hours on Unbinging Netflix, which let's be real, not that many of us don't do this these days, um, <laughs> but the story. So it's about a man, Adrian Grenier, to be exact. And by the way, <laughs> he is aging like a fine fucking line. Um, I thought he looked so good in this show, movie, whatever it is. Uh, but anyway, he gets like kidnapped. Um, this happens in episode one. I'm not spoiling anything. Um, but basically he's made to pose with signs that say like, I abuse women and at 5 million views, I die. Um, yeah, I feel like the show started off as like, oh, okay, this is just a thriller, right? Like, this is a drama. They're going to get him out and blah, 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 whatever. But I feel like it was actually about like like the underlying message or the subliminal message, if you will. Um, It's about the realities of the world that we live in in regards to like people who are just so addicted to clickbait, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That they click the video and then, you know, kind of everything that that plays out. I mean, there's like several things. They like brought up like racial stuff. They brought Mm -hmm. up like traumas and family dynamic complexities. Mm -hmm. They brought up, um, you know, like, 
social media, interconnectedness. They brought up grief. They brought, there's like so many different layers to the show. I do agree with you where they're trying to parallel, uh, I think a lot of like human experiences, but my main thought process, and I'll be hundred percent honest throughout this whole thing was just, man, I wish they would fucking reboot Entourage. Like, like Adrian Green Day was like perfect for that fucking show. <laughs> So, okay, I was literally staying up late to finish it. I was so addicted to it. And I'm not saying whether I thought it was a good show or a bad show, but out of everything, it was like a like a 10-hour commitment, I feel like. You, that's all you were thinking about. Like, you couldn't get Vince. Vince? Is that his name? Yeah. Vince, yeah. Out of your head. Vince Chase. Mm-mm-mm. Well, Vince I Chase, think- that's what it was. Sorry. <laughs> I fucking love that show so much. It'll be interesting when they do reboot it because I I feel like how are they going to bring that show into our modern times? Like that oh, is going to be hilarious to me. I don't to think they can. That show is one of the worst aging shows I've ever seen in my entire mm-hmm. life. I love it. I think it's wonderful. Um, it's hilarious. But there's no fucking way. Like I mean, like, Ari's character. Like, Ari's character can't exist. <laughs> and if he doesn't like a no. walking cancel flag like no, that, is, it, that is what Ari is yeah like he can't exist and if they try to cancel Ari there there is no show so mm-hmm. anyway okay I agree okay so anyways you were saying uh yeah it wasn't the only thing don't get me wrong like I did think about like the psychology of clickbait since that was the title of the show and like how unrealistic the beginning was and the ending and some of the middle which for me kind of made it hard to engage with at times. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. Are you talking about unrealistic in regards to the fact that they were like two teachers that lived in this like beautiful stunning house with indoor outdoor living in like in San Francisco, Oakland, in Berkeley? Was it Berkeley? I think it was Berkeley, Oakland? right? You're right. It was. Well, Berkeley. it was it was Oakland, but I felt like it looked very Berkeley to me. But anyway, mm, that's true. Um, so like, yeah, not that. <laughs> <laughs> I like honestly, that didn't even like come into mind. But yes, you are correct. That is definitely one thing that is completely fucking unrealistic about the show. Um, I mean, there were parts that were really thrilling and parts that had me on the edge of my seat. But truly, and like this is a spoiler alert for those who may not have watched it. I'm dun, sorry, dun, dun. but since we're going into the depths of it, um, I felt there's no way that the video wouldn't have been taken down, even though they say that it was in another country. There are like community guidelines. There are certain standards. There are connections between countries. Like unless it was on the dark web, which it was not. Like it's just it just wasn't realistic to me. On the top of that, like on top of that, sorry, people can easily screen share. They can record the video being played out on their screens and then like share it so that they don't impact the view numbers. Oh my God. You thought about all these things. I, I did. Was like, I mean, this that was is so realistic that you're right. It's in Madagascar. You can't take that down. Like <laughs> it's like such lies. Like they're like international like connections. Like they would. And like I said, I feel like in the U S in particular, they feel that outside of the U S it's the wild, wild West. Right. When in actuality, a lot of these countries, like these businesses still operate with some ethical guidelines. Um, so to me, that was hilarious. I felt that was unrealistic. Um, on top of that, I felt that the ending was a major fucking stretch. They tried oh, God, yeah. way too hard to make the ending twist a surprise. And to me, it just wasn't believable at that point. Wait, I feel I feel like I texted you and I and or no, maybe it was Mark. I don't know. It was someone I was talking to, and and they were like, Oh, did you like it? And I was like, I'm not furious at it. You know, like there are shows that the ending comes and you're like, Are you fucking kidding me? I didn't feel that way about this. But what I said was like this whole time I'm sitting here coming up with all of these theories. Like mm-hmm. my theories were wild, wild. Yet I felt like they still went better with the entire storyline than the ending itself. Because what pissed me off is I was like, you know, I feel like the the key to a good thriller or, you know, horror or something is to have the crumbs along the way. And there were no crumbs. And I think that that was a really big mistake. Like, you had absolutely, there was no way to even imagine yeah. that they that's didn't, what would have happened. They didn't introduce the villain, villain, and I say this like with like the stereotypical mindset of a story arc um, until way later. So it was kind of hard to grasp how involved she, that this person really was. Yeah. 
<laughs> and also, once again, spoiler alert for those who haven't watched it. So please feel free to remove your headphones or fast forward. Um, and this might just be like my own biases and stereotypes at play here. How realistic is it to have like an elderly female be the head of IT? Oh, she was a head of IT. I thought she was an ad. She was literally setting up fucking devices. Like, well, I was like, girl. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. In their defense, though, it wasn't like a big organization, you know, like we're used to. And yeah. I know this sounds crazy. There was IT at, you know, my previous company. However, admins were responsible for a lot of like provisioning and shit like that. So I agree with you. I agree I with you that like look. she absolutely... Whoops, should not have been the like that that role and like the shit she was doing. Very, very, very unbelievable. Very um, unbelievable. <laughs> but for yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was a little bit of a stretch, um, to be honest. But I personally like I can I I can't deal with the idea of people being like so awful and just just stupid that they would click the clickbait. Although I'm not gonna lie, I do I do click clickbait shit. I just realized that like I'm the one that reads all of the articles about the royal family and their family like jewels and the shit. Perfect I'm the perfect child person. For it. Although mm-hmm. I know here's the thing, here's the thing. I think if I knew that it you know what the ramifications were, I don't think I would do it because I'm such a rule follower. Um, but you know, it's like that concept where everyone will like walk past or record, right? Like a fight or you know, the this mm-hmm awful and I'm not saying it's the same by any means I need to be very clear about that but like those people who recorded the George Floyd Mm -hmm. you know murder instead of helping this man Mm -hmm. um or you know the people who record the 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 teenage fights or whatever it might be again I'm not equating anything to anything but what is that what is it called when they do that that's a thing right bystander effect Yes. So, yeah. So there are two things at play here. One is definitely the bystander effect, which is occurs when there's like a whole crowd that's watching a crime um, or something that's like bad, whether it's bullying, assault, anything within the bad category, if you will. Um, And it discourages an individual from intervening in sort of an emergency situation like that, just because a crowd is present. Uh, The greater number of like bystanders that there are, um, and since this was virtual, my assumption is that the brain will equate bystanders as like the eight, seven to eight billion people that like populate the fucking world. Uh, the less likely it is for, you know, one person to actually provide help to the person that's in distress. Um, and I mean, this concept was popularized, I believe, back in 1964 um, after, um, I don't know if you know this story, but. No, I don't. Uh, there was, there was a woman, her name is Kitty, Kitty Genovese, who was murdered in front of her apartment back in 1964. And supposedly, according to the New York Times, there were 38 bystanders. Nobody called the police until way later. Nobody like tried to help in any way, shape, or form. Um, and because of that incident, uh, social psychologist Bib Latine, I believe that their name is, and John Darley came up with the bystander effect. Now, mind you, the New York Times has come out, I think it was in 2006 or whatever, and they basically said like, oh, like our numbers may have been flawed, AKA they were exaggerated, but that murder actually led to the bystander effect coming into fruition. Um, And there are two reasons that this happens psychologically. Sorry, I know I'm getting into the nitty gritty of like the actual psychology of it, but this shit, as you know, is fucking fascinating to me. Um, So there's the diffusion of responsibility. So you, like imagine you're in a crew of folks, right? Like you witness something happening in front of you, but you're also witnessing that there's like 50 people in the crowd. So your mind is going to assume that the responsibility isn't on you. It's diffused amongst everyone who is present, right? So you are less likely to step in, even though you know what's happening is wrong, right? So there's that piece that plays into it. And then the second piece, which is very interesting, is the need to behave in a socially acceptable manner. I consider this sort of like peer pressure or social pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, So if other people in your vicinity are feeling to react, your brain is going to find that to be a signal 
to essentially like not respond because, oh, if I respond, it would be inappropriate because there are X amount of people that aren't responding to what's happening in front of us. So our brain equates that to being sort of socially unacceptable if you were to jump in. We don't want to be the odd man out, right? So that's the bystander effect. I also think there's something else at play here, which like you said, clickbait as the title of the show fucking suggests. Um, So I'm going to call it the clickbait effect, though I don't believe that terminology actually exists in the world. Um, But we as humans are drawn to seek out information um, because it's truly what helps us survive, right? It increases our survival value. This goes back down to like basic biological and I think psychological uh, foundations. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we used to forage for information um, or we currently forage for information the same way that our ancestors used to forage for food. It's the same thing, kind of similar in our brains. Um, And it's hardwired into this, hardwired into us. So clickbait is sort of the promise Uh, that like unbelievable provocative or shocking information will be revealed if we just click that fucking link. Click Um, that link and you'll see a history of all of the Royal family's favorite jewels and which ones. My favorite is always like, you won't believe like which celebrities gained 50 pounds this year or whatever. Like, Oh my God, those are hilarious to me, but there's like a reason for it that we're so drawn to that shit. It's because of the dopamine that's involved in our motivation to learn about the world. And for those who don't know, dopamine is like, it's like this rewarding, good feeling um, hormone. Um, it's sort of like a pleasure hormone, if you will. Uh, say, isn't it happiness? Isn't dopamine? dopamine yeah. It's like the happy, like happiness happy or exactly. the happy. Oh, wait, no, or is that serotonin? Sorry, what's the difference between dopamine and serotonin? Oh, that's right. So I think dopamine is more pleasure receptors okay. and then serotonin is more happy. Got it. But okay. with... Dopamine is essentially like it rewards us for doing actions that feel good. Um, So there's research out there that suggests that dopamine actually incentivizes behavior more through wanting than liking. So it's like, oh, I want to seek out this information. So therefore, I'm going to click this link and it's going to make me feel good because I'm actually wanting to search this information. Um, And it kind of creates this itch right? That needs to be scratched. And we get to scratch it when we're actually compiling this information. Um, So I can see that at play here of like, oh, like I want to see what's going on. I need to know because this information is, you know, it's going to create sort of dopamine incentivizing behavior. This, it makes sense, but it makes me so angry that I'm like, so is it predictable? (laughs) Is it basic? (gasps) Oh, is it all of the above? Um, yeah, there's so many studies that actually show um, how clickbait headlines, I think they get like 150% more traffic than regular headlines when you ask like a question, which is typically very clickbaity. Interesting. I feel like I'm going to like try, to, I'm going to try to like fight the urge next time and just see what happens. I got to change my ways. I got to change my ways. Um, okay. So another, another thing about clickbait that I think kind of got me and I found myself getting like irrationally angry. I do that a lot these days, but, um, about this in particular was I hated the, the way that the journalist and like, God bless him. Right. He kind of solved a big part of it, but how he manipulated everyone around him you know, into speaking to him, how he kept critical information for the investigation to himself for their own personal gain, how he straight up trespassed into people's homes and looked through their things. Um, and, and by the way, I have a lot of friends who are journalists. And so I respect the profession a lot. Um, but I guess my question is like, do you think that actually happens? Um, like to that extent, and I imagine there's a little bit of, or I hope there's dramatization here, but are there any ramifications for journalists who kind of push the limits of legality Mm. with their quote unquote sources? So I have to LOL. Um, Alina, like most award-winning pieces were done by journalists who probably did borderline like sketchy and illegal shit. Like how else are you going to get information that's like being hidden from the public? (laughs) Like, I just feel like it's very common practice, but I hate that. I hate that. I'm going to go yell at my friends. 
I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that it's ethical. I will say, though, weirdly enough, there is an ethical standard that journalists should be following. Um, and it varies from institution to institution, aka like news organization to news organization, some professional memberships, sort of like the Society of Professional Journalists, et cetera. But at the core of sort of these ethical standards, they have sort of like core tenets. One of them is honesty. AKA you got to seek the truth. You got to corroborate information across multiple sources instead of just believing one person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to uh, basically uphold independence, AKA being objective. Uh, So I don't know if you know about this, but Bob Woodward, the journal, one of the journalists who broke the Watergate scandal story to this day, he hasn't voted in any election and he doesn't identify or affiliate with any political party. And that is because he takes it very seriously in regards to like being as objective as as possible. I love Um, him. Oh, I love him too. He's he's a wonderful journalist. Um, there's still people with ethical with an ethical backbone, which I think is 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 shining star in this world. Um, the other core tenets are fairness, public accountability, harm minimization, avoiding libel. And for those of you who may not know what libel is, it's essentially printing false information that damages someone's like reputation and proper attribution, aka just don't fucking pl- plagiarize. Um, I think. This is very interesting, though, because I'm sure you're aware news outlets have evolved with the rise of social media. We've had an increase in sort of citizen journalism, um, which is essentially where people take it upon themselves to report stories because they're seeing shit in real time mm-hmm. where they'll like post on Twitter, be like, look, breaking story. Look at this person doing X, Y and Z. True. Fair. Um, okay. Yeah, and everything also I think nowadays is immediate, like needs to be immediate and needs to be now. Um, So I'm sure some of this gets thrown to the wayside since, you know, you get rewarded for releasing the information first, right? You get more audience members, more, you know, clicks, more um, just volume of interest. Um, So I'll pause there. Any questions? (laughs) No, I think it all makes sense. I guess my question is just like, how did, you know, is this really being abided by or how do you kind of regulate that? Right. Like, yeah. So a couple of things. One is that some of these uh, professional societies, right. Like the society for professional journalism, journalists, uh, they do some like ethical case studies so I was actually reading through some of them because I, I found this stuff interesting. Um, of course you did. Of course I did. Um, and they, they in these case studies, they argue where the ethical line really is. And I think that provides like a good basis to how, you know, the majority are going to feel. So a good example, and I'm sure you remember this, um, when Kobe Bryant and Gia Bryant died back in January of 2020, oh, was God. the day of the Grammys. Yes. Um, so Felicia Sonmez who is a reporter at the Washington Post, tweeted a link to an article from 2003 about allegations of sexual abuse or sexual assault um, against Kobe Bryant, uh, which brings up the question, like, is there a limit to truth-telling? Like, is this harming? Because I believe she did it within, like, the first 24 to 48 hours after his death. Um, So it's like, how much harm are you causing to the people who are grieving this person had such a big impact in their lives. How much are you harming the family, the wife and the kids that survive him and Gia? Um, So, you know, it's, does a journalist's dedication to seeking and telling the truth outweigh the possibility of causing more harm to the family, friends, and sort of fans of the deceased? Um, And so one of the things that was brought up is like, yes, the timing was not ideal. Yes, you can, you know, seek the truth. However, you do have to put into consideration how much harm you're causing. And since this was within 24 to 48 hours of the death, not great timing, homegirl. Yeah. Um, and in regards to like ramifications. So in my mind, there is no real ramifications unless they break the law, of course, and the people press charges. Like in the case of clickbait, I felt that, um, what was the name of the wife? Sophie? Sophie. Sophie could have definitely pressed charges against the journalist in the show, um, considering that he literally, like, it was a breaking and entering 
um, situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one thing that could happen with a news outlet, if they were to like, you know, if they were to uh, sort of go against these ethical standards is they could very much lose credibility. But once again, if they break a big story because of sort of an ethical breach, I don't think that people would care. And I would assume it would be overlooked. I, I like, I get all of that. And I understand the truth seeking piece. And I understand, I, I think the thing for me is, is less about the truth and like who's reporting it or how you're reporting it. And I think it's more about like the potential damaging angles that are used, right? Like, can you, like, I, I think the Kobe Bryant, obviously that's a real life situation, but like that situation where somebody's tweeting or whatever, an article about him doing something that's terrible, um, that's similar to like the whole clickbait storyline, right? Where it's like this man isn't even buried. They don't even have his body. Mm-hmm. And you're talking, you know, you're, you're bringing, you're confronting the wife, right? The widow at this point who doesn't know where her husband's body is. I, I think that was it's the case key. at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And you're literally having her react to these horrible messages in real time on national television. Like that to me is something that's like disgusting. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, I guess just like the idea of the morality thing. um, I I think there's a level of like society will then kind of, I agree class for sure, but there's also a piece of public accountability, right? Like if a journalist is coming out and doing this when people are grieving. There were a lot of people who came out and scorned her. Were like, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's part of the public accountability that gets thrown in their face. And, you know, as we mentioned before, like cancel culture, like she was not having a good time after she reposted that. Because a lot of people were pissed. A lot of people were like, we haven't even buried the man. We haven't found his body. Yeah. Like her body. Like she, like his daughter died with him. Like ugh. now is not the appropriate time. Absolutely. I think she couldn't handle, I think that a lot of people were glorifying him considering his like bad past or bad acts that he had in his past. You know, everybody does bad, not to excuse his behavior, but everybody does bad shit. I would have just mm-hmm. at least waited maybe like a couple of days after his death before I start, you know, mm-hmm. posting shit like that. Yeah, no, I agree. So that's 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 how I feel about that. But I yeah. do agree with you. The journalist was, at least in the show, I thought was breaching a lot of these ethical um, standards or core mm-hmm. tenets. And he should have been fired. But once again, he was breaking a big story. So why would he? What do you do, right? Mm-hmm. You want people who are loyal. Well, with that said, let's move on to the more, I guess, fun <laughs> uh, things that we the want more to bring pressing up. So, questions. Yeah. The more yes. important things. So, um, Pia, what did you think of her? Why was she so annoying? Why was her hair so terrible? And she's beautiful in real life, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. She's beautiful. I just think her hair and that was not yeah. working for me. Aesthetically, definitely not my cup of tea. Um, I'm I'm not a huge fan of like the super like platinum-y, like light blonde with the dark bushy eyebrows. I'm sure some people love that. I, I was not a fan. She looks very um, washed out too. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think she was annoying for sure. She screamed white Karen to me with how she kind of like walked all over everybody else's grief, wasn't really considerate at all to her sister-in-law, Sophie, and what she was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, she, yeah, I don't know. I was just, I understand she was a woman on a mission to like clear her brother's name. Well, at first it was, you know, finding her brother and then clearing her brother's name. I just, couldn't stand her. I don't know what it was about her character, but she irked me in all the ways that were not right. I wonder if that was the intention, right? Like she was such an obnoxious character, but you know, she was supposed to be the fuck up. 
fuck up, but then was it like she was the fuck up, but was actually on point with a lot of what she said? Like, right, a lot of her mm-hmm. allegations ended up being right in the end. Um, or like, was she just supposed to be like so annoying that you think that she's going to fuck shit up again? And then lo and behold, she actually is the one who, you know, kind of like pushed things across the finish line. Yeah, I think she was also just like the younger sister, right? And I felt like her brother protected her in a lot of ways and let her do whatever she wanted to fucking do too. I don't know. I feel like she had her own traumas. They didn't really develop her character as well as I would have liked. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's probably why we were very irked because we didn't really see a development arc with her. She just kind of consistently remained fucking annoying throughout the entire yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, I thought her... I thought her character was obnoxious that said i really hated her i really Mm -hmm. couldn't stand her and so that being said like the actress good for you because if that was what you were trying to achieve you and i hope that's what you were trying to achieve um you definitely achieved it i i believe that she was that annoying i also thought that it was really fucking weird the sort of side story about the kid that she was a nurse for yeah helped her and he was like some sort of like it whiz geek kind of and tried to kiss Uh, her yeah and try to kiss. i thought that was fucking weird like i didn't understand that writers please explain that to me i'm trying to understand what the logic was with that i agree i agree with you on that i thought that was it was uncomfortable were they trying to make her like sexually enticing to audience members? Like, oh, she's desirable. Um, like you could have just introduced this character as someone who wanted to help her. There was no need for the makeout or the potential well, that makeout. Tempted. Yeah, that was fucking weird. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I thought she was annoying. Um, but bigger fish to fry in this world. Um, what did you think about Sophie? <sighs> I just, I feel it's very hard for me to wrap my head around Sophie's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have, I guess, like many strong feelings about her. I think her episode, the episode that focused on her. So this is one of the things I actually enjoyed about the show was that every episode was focused on the character and kind of going deep into a specific character and giving us more background to the story. I actually enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, on that note why do you think they went so deep into the cop I feel like that was kind of fucking pointless I thought it was an interesting story but I don't think it was relevant to the story if that makes sense like well I mean was anything really relevant though well I feel like Sophie oh so not Sophie Pia's story wasn't really relevant like her background story um I felt like she, like, her getting drunk at a bar and her, like, stealing shit from her roommate, I felt like that was unnecessary to the story. Um, I felt the whole, like, potential mm. makeout session with the kid was, like, unnecessary. That was unnecessary. But I think I that like, her getting drunk, the point of that was because she didn't have her phone on her that day. Fair enough. I think, though, with the cop, it was supposed to bring up the perspective of someone trying to prove themselves, but also a way for us to go deeper into the actual um, crime of it. That makes sense. No, what do you mean by that? Sorry. So for them to be able to find the body, I felt like it had to be from the perspective of the cop. Sorry, spoiler alert. (laughs) I love how I give the spoiler alert like after the fact. Jesus. That's okay. I feel like if you've you've listened this far, you've been spoiled. Um, It had to be the cop that found the body and that like was trying to figure that whole thing out. Yeah, no, I I get that. But and then I do agree with you. Their like kind of maybe relationship thing I thought was very weird. And then they tried to introduce his background story of like, yeah, I thought it was weird. Like, you know, um, a dad, Iranian American, a dad, divorce, like how that plays into his character. But then his character doesn't get like included really, or his character development or arc isn't seen really again in any of the other episodes. Yeah. Um, so yes, I do agree with you. I kind of like the episode um, creation, but I felt like there was inconsistencies throughout 
with trying to tie in some of the pieces. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, so Sophie, Sophie her episode. I, you know, didn't feel great about her whole cheating thing. Um, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> and I also didn't feel great about how quickly she dismissed Nick. Like once she found out that he had been cheating or supposedly cheating. What do you mean? Um, so when her when Pia came up and said, oh, here's this dating profile that he's had for the past like two years. So then she felt like, oh, I'm excised of my guilt because he had been cheating on me two years prior to me having this Yeah, affair. yeah, okay. Um, but then she started to essentially kind of vilify him after that. Like, mm-hmm. I want to remove all of his photos from the house. I want this, I want that. I feel like she gave up on him so easily when most people would be willing to fight for their significant other of like, no, you're vilifying him for no reason. Well, I think she did that to vindicate herself. Yeah, I can see that. Being like, oh, okay. My... What did you think of Sophie, actually? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had like a, my my thoughts about Sophie were so up and down. Mm. Um, I felt like she was a really good mom. I feel like mm-hmm. the way that she really just like her her focus shifted very quickly to her children, which is what I imagine most moms, I would hope most moms would do. Although I don't know how easy that is because I don't have kids, um, nor have I knock on wood been in that situation. Um, I feel like I didn't like how, and I'm assuming this is intentional because if not, then this was, I think, a really big flaw. Um, I didn't like how they made her so unemotional. Mm. I hated that. I was just like, I think that she should be allowed to cry. And I don't think she cried. I think she only cried um, when, and it was all to your point about the vilification of Nick and it had nothing to do with like the fact that your husband's dead. And I think she that was like not cute. At when the you school, right, at the school ceremony, school. Um, but at that point, but at that point, I feel like she knew he had cheated and like, I just, I just like needed her to cry a little bit. Sooner. I don't think she, wait, did she No, Because she didn't know at this point. I don't think she sure. knew at that point. It was afterwards that that's when Pia came to her and was just like, Hey, Nick, I was oh, actually okay. cheating on you. I think. Oh, okay. I don't really remember. Um, Cause I literally but watched it the day it came out, but she started hyperventilating. <laughs> she just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. I just needed, I needed more. I think I needed more. I think I needed more to get me to like her as a, mm-hmm. as a character, as a widow. But doesn't um, that speak to some of our conditioning that we feel like in order to grieve, someone has to be outright emotional? Like when I think about you and me, for example, I don't, I, I didn't really cry about my dad in front of many people. Actually, I think the only person who saw me cry about my dad when he died was Pierre. That was it. And I think a lot of people would think that that's like abnormal behavior, um, but everybody grieves differently. I yeah, think I guess you're right. when you feel safe and who you feel safe with, that will be sort of an indicator of who you sort of let go in front of. Are you saying you don't feel safe with me? No, I'm joking. Sorry. No, that I do. Bad. That was you a and bad. I have like <laughs> that's a very bad joke. I've cried in front of you several times across several different topics. Trust me, <laughs> I feel safe with you. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, no, I guess, I guess. I don't know. There was something about Sophie I didn't love. I think, and again, I don't know if she was supposed to be likable. I didn't mm. think she was the most likable character though. So she's not my favorite. I didn't hate her. And I thought she was a really good mom. I also, wait, sorry. While we're going back to the whole topic of what we didn't like or what we'd like, I hated the way that they discovered who it was. Yeah. And that was trash. Also, can Why did I spend so much time watching this? I think that's why I was so angry at the fucking end. Because I really thought that I got it. You know what I mean? Uh, Like, I was just like... What did you think happened? Uh, For me, I thought it was the friend. And I thought it was the friend, like, earlier on in the the show. I think at the point where... The friend, whatever his fucking name is, um, yeah, Matt saw the girl, the first girl that supposedly he cheated on with. I thought it was him at that point. Um, 
But anyway, because like she came to the memorial and she'd asked about like, oh, how are the kids and this and that? And he was like, oh, so I I felt like that behavior was suspicious. So for me, I was like, oh, I think it's the friend. And I had built up every single episode that I'd seen after that. I was like looking for clues that fit that narrative. And they gave you no crumbs. No crumbs. No crumbs whatsoever. I look. A, you already know that I think it's unbelievable that she was in the role that she, that she was as tech savvy as she is. Is that shitty of me to be like as stereotypical as that? Considering my role and how much like tech shit I do for my bosses who are much old, who are older than I am. Um, Not much older than I am, but older than I am. I I just like, don't think that that's believable in any way, shape or form. Secondly, and once again, spoiler alert, the woman wouldn't she have created a fake profile to fit her sort of sexual interests? Because if she were gay, like let's say her character were gay, this would have been a great moment for Netflix to be like, hey, we have a gay character, like let's fit this narrative to showcase that. They didn't do that here. They basically were just like, oh, she was like so love-starved and hungry that she created a profile as a male, just to get loving words from other females. Like, I don't think I would ever be love-starved enough to go seek affection from the opposite sex that I'm not interested in. Do you know what I mean? mean the same sex. Or sorry, same sex that I'm not interested in. Yeah. No, no, no. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, there's so many flaws. Why, Why was I so drawn in? Were you drawn in or were you like dragging your feet through this? At the beginning, I was definitely dragging my feet through this. And like, I was like, at some point I was like, I want to stop watching this. I was like, but Alina said to keep watching it. So I might keep watching it. Uh-huh. Um, there were parts I really enjoyed. I, I won't deny that. Um, and like I said, I really did love some of the rawness with the grief. And I loved some of the storytelling aspects, but there were so many flaws so many gaps. Oh, in the so many gaps. Wait, for the record, I never said that this was like a well thought out situation. I just thought <laughs> it was addictive. Um, and I said, Adrian Grenier is hot. And I was really happy that he was still part of it in the end. But um, but yeah, no, I, I feel... I feel like I spent a lot of time on something that I shouldn't have spent that much time on. But at the same time, in the moment, I, I felt a lot of feels about a lot of the stuff that we talked about earlier, about the journalist about the um, the media coverage about, you know, just the fact like, why would you watch it if you knew what was potentially at risk? And maybe that's again, because I am, I'm a rule follower. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the moment I felt so like passionate about clearly far too much, but just interesting. There are also two other things that I want to say that like kind of pissed me off. A. Uh, okay the metadata of the photos. Oh that, yeah, that was stupid. So as we were watching and Pierre saw that pop up, he was like, get the fuck out of here. Metadata would never ever, ever, ever be that fucking specific as to where the location is, like the exact address is of where this person was that created this photo or this photo came from. So I thought that was fucking hilarious. And B, the other thing that pissed me off was the younger son who... Yeah, had the fucking audacity. Like, didn't even think through how this would affect his family. Didn't even think about his own safety. Just grabbed a fucking bat and decided to go after whoever was at this goddamn house. But I feel like, like the- boy, like, do you not have some fucking common sense? Did your mama not raise you right? Well, I feel uh, like that. I feel like the point of that was that he had anger issues, like his dad did when he was younger. I get anger I issues. Think- but like that was just plain fucking stupid. No, it was stupid. But I think that that was where they were going with that. I think that that was kind of the parallel they were trying to draw. Like, oh, he is his father's son. Oh, he has anger issues as well. You know, like I think that's what that was. But it was stupid. I thought it was more I like agree. grief that like he wasn't processing oh. his grief and was like using anger to deal with his oh, emotional. Is that interesting? I literally didn't think of that once. I was just like, oh, yeah, he's supposed to be like his dad who has, you know, they say multiple times he had some anger issues and blah, 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 blah. But then in the same, in the same like sentence, they would be like, he's the nicest guy ever and would Mm -hmm. never do anything. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I I thought it was also very interesting that they brought up like later on that the dad had committed suicide and the fact that he never said it to his wife. 
Yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't think that that was believable. Like if you are married to someone for X amount of years and supposedly they'd been together for what? 15, 20 or something along those More, lines? Uh, I would say closer to 20, right? Because they had like an 18 yeah. year old or something. Exactly. Or maybe, I don't know. How is it that you were able to have a successful marriage for that long without being emotionally vulnerable with one another? And I would assume being emotionally vulnerable, you would talk about the biggest thing that has traumatized you in your life. Not everybody goes to therapy, Maddie. <laughs> I'm just saying, how could you I get like, that. go through life and have these triggers and, you know, get into arguments with someone and at some point not be able to come to terms with, oh, the reason why this triggers me is because of X, Y, and Z, because of the biggest traumatic moment in my life, AKA me finding my dad after he committed suicide. You know what I mean? I, 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 I get your, I get it, but I also do think that that probably happens more than you think. Cause I don't think many people Maybe. are in therapy or, but then they would have been divorced at this point is what I'm saying, but they weren't happy. But she wasn't happy. happy. She just like went and got dick from somewhere else for a very short period of time. She oh, of her ways. all right. Okay. I feel like we're going to have to explore this a little bit further on another episode. But here's the thing. If he was unhappy, then it would be understandable about him cheating, right? Because he isn't getting the emotional vulnerability piece, potentially. Oh, no, I guess it would make sense of her cheating, but she wasn't getting much emotional vulnerability. She was just getting dick. It had nothing to do with emotions with the guy. Well, no, she said she loved him, right? Oh, I don't remember that part. I thought she did. Maybe not. I might be making this up. Clearly, I was spacing Um, the fuck out during this show. Well, that makes me sad. Um, But... No, I think that we should do another episode on that. Um, but I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was a good show. Would I recommend it to folks? I would say, sure, why not check it out if you're bored? I feel like a lot of people, like this is like popular culture reference at this point, considering how um how popular it's been on Netflix and how a lot of people, I think, on the socials have been talking about it. So I would say, yeah, check it out. Do with it what you will. For me, I watched this and I felt like it was just so fucking unrealistic. And the ending for me really Oh my God, it. I'm so upset. My recommendation was a bust. No, I mean, right. don't get me wrong. I, it was still entertaining. Just, you know, I was, I have a very hard time sort of going through the whole like, suspension of disbelief like things have to be realistic mm-hmm. unless I go in and it's like a Marvel movie right where it's like superhero magic shit and then I'm like clearly I like I have to have a suspension of disbelief yeah but like All don't right. tell me well, that's realistic well with that said I I think that you are going to make the next recommendation then Oh, I got to think about this now. All right. Well, you're going to make the next recommendation for the next movie that we watch or show that I feel like this felt like a movie, but it was a show. Um, and, uh, I think, I think, uh, yeah, that's I'll think it. About it for and, clickbait. And I agree. That's it for clickbait. I'll think about the next movie recommendation and, and we'll do it. All right. I'm excited. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us on The Beauty and the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at The Beauty and Brain and follow us at The Beauty and Brain Podcast on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Let us know what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye.